Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My boss's boss threatens to fire me. I accept and get himself and his friends fired. So in January of 2021, I began working for a very big American company in Europe that was and is in the energy sector. At the factory plant that I began working at, the parts of gas turbines get assessed for resaturation and reworked so that they can get used again. Each single part would cost several thousand when produced new and hold for like a decade or so. Reworking costs like one quarter of that, and the part would be good for another eight to ten years, with more inspections of course for safety. The customers would pay for like half or three quarters of the cost of a new part, and since we're talking two to eight K per single part, and a gas turbine containing thousands of pieces, we're speaking several million for each gas turbine. Customers would save a good chunk, and of course the company was sitting on a golden goose. Over the decades, that meant that the facility where the stuff was reworked had an absolute uncontested income without much of a competition, since the parts were their own design and production, and a win-win for customer and company. Over time, that led to the problem that competence, invention, or even honesty were not needed by the management or facility anymore, as long as the workers sticked to the already developed and tested processes and did their job, money would keep flowing in regardless of what the office did or did not. You can see where this is going. Setup, which is somewhat important. So I was hired there as part of quality control. Specifically, I was to operate a 3D computer-managed measuring machine. Gas turbines get, as you can imagine, pretty hot and spin fast. And a decade of heat combined with dynamic stress has the nasty habit to deform stuff. Can't have that for sure, so you have to measure this stuff really precisely so that the production knows what section of which piece needs reworking, or if a piece is too out of form to be used again at all. The operation of such a machine is not too complicated. Put the pieces into the bracket, clamp it down, load the correct model, and start the program. You get the measurement report then as a text file, an Excel, as well as a PDF. The pieces, usually rotary blades, nearly always came in sets, 24 to 216 depending on the size. When all are measured, you compile all the reports the machine made into one Excel with a somewhat complicated method. It wasn't hard, I learned all of that in a week. That machine was immensely important for the facility, running in two to three shifts per day, six days per week. Like 80% of all pieces that went through the reworking process had to be measured at least twice. As nearly anyone with a technical background can guess, operating a machine and understanding what it is actually doing are two big different shoes. When I started, there were only three guys that understood the machine properly, as well as a technician, Vladimir, who could actually fix codes or reprogram a 3D model, if there was a problem. 
Vladimir, however, was the technician for the entire facility, a very busy guy, and when he had to come over, his time would need to be paid by the department, something the bosses didn't encourage, so to say. Of the three guys who knew the machine, Antonio was important. He had been working there for a few centuries at least, knew every nook and cranny, and while being a simple worker, if crap went wrong, he was the guy that you turned to. He had a bit of a short temper and a very blunt language, but he was honest, open, and very fair. I myself am not the most social person, always held back with a brutal honesty, and I take my professional cold attitude a bit too serious, I guess. In general, if people share my principles of honesty, fairness, and taking responsibility as serious, then we get along greatly. But with people that are less trustworthy, I basically turn to an ice block. Not perfect, I know, but hey, I don't work in retail for a good reason. So thing is, despite some heated arguments, Antonio and me really got along swimmingly. What no one knew was that Antonio had, over the decades, collected such a backlog of days off, overtime and whatnot, that he could retire two years early, and he was 63. He had decided to groom me as his successor and began teaching me every little detail about the measuring machine, how to fix stuff, how to do proper maintenance, why it did certain stuff, and so on. He was a perfectionist, but so am I, so I really appreciated it. What I noticed in the first week in the company was the biggest problem there. The facility had a massive problem with cliques, clans, and little circles. If you were a part of the correct clique, you could do what you want and remain untouchable. If you weren't, well, your credit goes to anyone but you, and you're a fine scapegoat. I didn't care much about it to be honest. I'm a bit of a rule fanatic and stick to them even when everyone else ignores them. For me, this was a well-paying job with a horrible commute. One and three quarter hours in one direction. So I wanted to stay there for as long as I could, earn my money, and then just take the next job. There was a fourth guy who was operating the machine. I don't remember his name, so let's call him Igor. Igor was part of the same clique as my boss, Manuel, my boss's boss, Freddy, and of course his own boss, Boris, who was also his brother. He was working the measuring machine. Simple because it was the most comfortable job he could perform. He was usually doing the night shift as those paid extra. He occasionally took the late shift while I always took the early one was the least popular due to the start at 6am, but I liked going home at 3pm. Igor was, well, not the brightest light bulb. He was like a wet match in a dark basement somewhere in a black hole. I might be a bit too harsh with him now, but that was all I ever got to see from him. He was also pretty rude, lazy, and arrogant. After all, he had an untouchable status due to his brother's best friend being boss of the entire assessment department. The actual story. Long build-up, I know. A good six months after I started there was the first incident with the measuring machine. We received the material in pallets, and it was the firm rule that the rotor blades had to be sorted in numerical order. Each had a serial number and a set number. Stuff went a ton faster and easier if it was all sorted clean, 1 to 82, or whatever the setup went to. 
Occasionally an order, which were usually two to four pallets, would arrive unsorted at the measuring machine, and then we had to sort them. Since we had to lift the blades out one by one anyway to measure them, it was not that big of a deal, just a tad bit annoying. Igor never finished a set if he could help it, leaving just one or two blades left for measuring, and even when he had to finish a set and start a new one, he would never compile the reports into one Excel. I'm pretty sure that he didn't even know how that worked. One morning, I came to work, and like so often, there was just three blades left to measure. I shrugged without care and wanted to just finish the order and start the next. The problem was, the pallets were a complete mess, completely unsorted, despite them being measured. Igor had worked the late shift the day before, and would also work the late shift that day. So I would actually get to see him for a few minutes when I handed my shift over. This of course meant that I would have to sort all of the pallets, while also operating the machine with the next order as to avoid a delay. The machine was a bit of a bottleneck in the facility. Usually this is a chill post. The blades are never heavier than 22 kilograms, and you have like 6 to 14 minutes between the measurement cycles to lift them out and exchange them with the last measured blade. Sorting the last order took me two hours of quite sweaty work while also operating the machine nearby, so I was somewhat annoyed. When Igor came in the afternoon, I asked him in a polite manner why he had not sorted that one order. He replied in a quite rude tone that he wouldn't do that. I was a bit baffled and asked if he didn't knew that it was mandatory to do that. He simply replied, in a pretty rude tone again, that he wouldn't speak about that. Outright refusing to speak about a problem? What the hell? I told him that if he didn't want to speak about it, I would have to speak about it with my boss. He just replied in a smug fashion and told me to do that. Well, I did just that. I asked my boss about it, in the fashion of, hey, I thought we were supposed to sort that stuff, or did we change that? This led to a four-way talk with my boss, Igor, as well as Boris. Boris was not happy at all, and my boss was rather embarrassed because it was all clear that I was correct, but neither of them wanted to admit that their friend had done anything wrong. I did my usual ice block impression, showing a blank face, replying in very accurate and short words, and staying all polite and professional. It came out rather inconclusive with a kind of request that we should please sort out the pallets if they came in as a mess. Igor just shrugged, and it was clear that he didn't care. It happened three more times that stuff came in unsorted, but Igor managed to avoid doing it ever. Okay. Strike one out of three. Six weeks later, there was the second incident. Every morning before I started, I would maintain the machine like Antonio had showed me to do, cleaning everything and rubbing special liquid into the stone tread that the machine's arch ran back and forth on. One morning I came in and turned the machine into manual mode like every morning so that I could run the arch to the end of the thread for maintenance. A second thereafter, I heard a grinding noise and instantly stopped the machine. The arch was an air cushion based runner, Kind of like a hovercraft, as where the bottom of the arch was always remaining a tiny bit above the surface to ensure minimum vibration. So a grinding sound is really bad. I quickly inspected the thread and found quite the deep crater in the stone surface, maybe two to three centimeters deep, like an inch, and wide. That was enough for the air cushion to lose pressure, so the arch was sliding over the stone surface of the thread. 
This inspection also revealed scratches along nearly the entire length of the tread. So it was pretty clear that the machine had been running with this crater for a good bit. Immediately shut down the machine, informed Vladimir, as well as my boss, that some big crap was going on here. I also took pictures of the damage with the timestamps, just out of my usual paranoia. The machine was put out of commission as the arch had taken damage, the entire stone tread had to be reworked, and the machine needed recalibration. It was out for over a month due to that crater. That crater, by the way, looked exactly like the bottom corner of one of the blades, as if one had been dropped onto the stone tread, and the previous shift before me had, drumrolls, Igor. Of course, he denied that he had done anything wrong, and he could also not recall seeing any scratches or hearing any grinding noise during his shift. He tried to blame it on me, but I had reported this stuff like five minutes into my shift, with the last blade that Igor had measured still in the machine. Again, it was clear to all who had screwed up, but again, not even a harsh word to him. While the machine was getting fixed and reworked, we were put to different work. I got into the pre-assessment team, where the pieces get their first evaluation. I made good friends there, which would serve as my ears later on. Strike two out of three. After the machine got fixed a good month later, we had collected a massive backlog, to the point that the other departments, who did the repair, were struggling to find something to do that didn't need measurements. The machine was supposed to work in three shifts, but Antonio had left for his two-year vacation when the machine had been put out for repairs, and the other two colleagues who knew how to run and maintain the machine had left for better jobs. So it was only me and Igor by then, with me working quite some overtime for good pay. All bullcrap aside, hourly wage was really proper. One morning, I noticed something pretty weird. The order I had just started the previous afternoon was still not finished. Again, with just two blades remaining. Every measurement report has a timestamp, which I quickly had a look into. The measurement cycle for these was like three minutes plus one minute exchanging one blade for the next. For some reason, the measurement reports from Igor's shift had like 10 to 15 minute gaps in between, some even half an hour. Igor was still around as he had had the night shift. I knew he was a bit of a slacker, but these gaps were quite big so I thought there had been trouble with the machine. I then asked him if he had had any trouble with the machine last night, and he snapped at me that all had been fine. I asked if he was sure, and in return inquired why I ask. I told him that there was quite some heavy gaps in between the measurement reports, and that I couldn't find any error messages of sudden stops or such. Igor then looked at those timestamps for a moment, back at me, and just shrugged before he went home. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That would have been the end of it if it wouldn't have been even stranger the next shift, Monday. I had, for once, not worked on Saturday, so Igor had three shifts in since I had last clocked out. I came in as usual, did the maintenance and cleaning, and wanted to check how far he had gotten. Four orders had went through since my last shift, so I assumed that, as usual, I would have to compile the reports. But there were none. I was pretty confused, searching the order's numbers, checking the machine protocol and all. The measuring machine had been running over the weekend with no shutdown or restart visible in the log, but also no measurement reports at all. I then called in Vladimir, as, well, four orders worth of reports missing is a big deal. According to the rules, I also informed my boss that the machine was standstill due to technical issues. Both Vladimir and my boss came into the measuring room, and we three searched for the problem. It took us a while to figure it out, simple to it being absolutely not expected, someone had turned off the output of the machine, maybe to avoid the timestamps. This again caused quite some ruckus, as all four orders had to be measured again with reports, and production was really struggling now to have something to work on. Again, all clear who had screwed up, and finally, Freddy had had enough, but not of Igor. The malicious compliance. The afternoon of the same day, Freddy, the boss of the entire assessment department, came into my measuring room. Nice expensive suit, tie, polished shoes, and went straight into my face. I was currently sitting in my chair, compiling the results of the remeasured first order, when he stood before me, giving me no room to get up. He looked down on me and snapped at me that he was sick and tired of me bullying my co-workers. He handed me a letter, which was signed papers of my contract's termination, signed by him of course. He informed me that I had exactly two options now. I could either compromise to do better, apologize to my co-worker Igor, and admit that I was at fault, or I would be fired immediately. Well, the good thing of being bullied and terrorized for most of your childhood is, you learn to keep a cool head under stress. So I reined in my first urge to discuss with him or tell him that such was illegal. Instead, I took the letter and read through it before nodding a few times. Due to my cold, professional attitude, I was known for often remaining silent, so he took my nods as my compliance. He then informed me that he waited for my written apologies before 2pm. All of the bosses went home by 2pm and came in at around 8 or 9. Well. When he turned around and marched out with a smug grin, he left me with the termination letter with his signature on it. Fun fact, when both parties agree to it, a contract can be cancelled immediately without any further responsibilities, besides paying for already issued hours, which go directly through human resources via the electric timestamps of our clocking. I had two hours left until this deadline, and I spent it to carefully clean my workplace, make a backup of my work laptop, according to the rules, and then, also according to the rules, clean the hard drive completely. The backup was put into the assigned server with all the data correctly named and compiled, but of course, the server for backup data is marked as unsearchable as to avoid your search list getting cluttered. 
After all, the same parts types came in again and again, with the same material numbers of course. If you knew the rules and knew where to search, you would find the stuff within 20 seconds. If not, well, good luck, mate. It's only like 10 terabytes or so. I made a copy of the termination paper, signed by me now too, and sent them to my email, which was allowed, put the original back into the envelope, and packed my things up. Then I went up to the office, envelope in hand. The big boss showed his smug smile again the moment he saw me, but was quickly confused when he saw me with my laptop, work phone, and all of that too. I handed him the letter, offered him a polite nod, and turned around again. He shouted where the hell was I going, him still holding the envelope in his hand. You terminated my contract. According to the rules, I am to hand over all personal equipment that I had been handed by the company before leaving. Exception, according to paragraph B, are safety shoes and safety glasses. I bid you a fine day, Mr. Freddy. I said that with a cold, calculated voice, trying my best to sound like a lawyer, simply because I knew that he hated professional attitude. Then I went to my own boss and piled my stuff on his desk. My boss was confused as hell, asking me what was up. I briefly informed him that my contract was terminated and once more quoted the rule. My boss was a smug ass too, but he wasn't all dumb. His eyes went big as he immediately realized that I was the only person he had left that actually knew how to maintain and properly operate the measuring machine, and that he had such a backlog already that the other department, relying on the measurements, had started to enforce short-time work. He was the first lost for words and then rushed into Freddy's office to see that termination letter. Meanwhile, I changed my clothes in the locker room, went to the gate, and asked the security guards to please have a full inspection of my person and my backpack. This was, as well, likewise regulation for persons that were terminated on short notice, and while the security guards were pretty baffled that I asked to be searched, they complied. They searched me fully and handed me a written confirmation that I had nothing on me that belonged to the company. My now ex-boss tried to call me all the time on my way home, but I dislike having phone calls in public transport, so I simply muted them and continued reading my book until I got home. Once there, 4pm by now, so well past his own time to go home, I finally answered his call. He tried to convince me that I needed this job and that all this could be sorted. My reply... I will have a new job within a week. You will need to take at least a month to train someone new on the machine, if you had anyone that could train a new person. I tell you what, give me a solid contract with triple the pay and I come back. Oh, and I want a written apology from Freddy too, as well as my piece when working. He told me that I was completely unreasonable with such demands. Again, I said, so to get this clear, Three times I discover massive bullcrap happening. Three times you guys try to heap the blame on me, and then you guys literally try to humiliate me, and Freddy does actually fire me. And you want me to be reasonable? Well, I guess it would be reasonable then to just ignore you. Please be well. I hung up and then blocked his number, as well as any other number which he would try to call me later on. The Aftermath as I had mentioned before, I still had ears in the company, so I have a good idea of what followed. 
The facility suddenly had its most sensitive bottleneck tightened even further, and then clogged full of concrete soon after. No one maintained or cleaned the measuring machine anymore, and being a precision machine, it didn't take that lightly. Vladimir was soon called in multiple times a day to fix a problem, which in return built up a backlog for him in other places. Things that I, or previously Antonio, had fixed within a minute now took hours, just for Vladimir to find time to come over and fix it in a minute. He tried explaining stuff to Igor, but yeah, that didn't work well. Other departments ran completely dry of work, and of course they didn't want to bear the blame for missed deadlines, so the whole issue was pretty quickly reported up the ladder, and with no one wanting to take the hit, it climbed higher and higher before it eventually got onto the desk of the national CEO of the company, the highest entity of the company this side of the Great Pond. Found that out via a friend in HR. What followed was the arrival of the proverbial kill squad, you know, the modern equivalent to an executor. A bunch of guys in very tight suits, no sense of humor, cold eyes, and the strict command to find someone's head put on a silver plate. As far as I heard, even a prosecutor from the USA was among them. I was called by the company a month later, asking if I could come in for an interview. Not a job interview, mind you, but they asked me to give my statement on the whole affair. This wasn't a legal thing, and they had no way to force me to make a statement, as it was an internal investigation, but I still happily complied and even gave my signature that I told the truth. Gave them the entire story, as accurate as I could, and openly admitted that I didn't know or where I was only guessing. They thanked me and apologized. Honestly, I felt that they could not pay me for the time they took from me due to legal reasons. I was all fine with that and went home. Igor got fired for careless negligence. His brother Boris likewise got the immediate boot in the ass. My boss went down under as well. He and Boris were fired for mismanagement. Their boss, however, Freddy, he got not only fired, but dragged in front of a court. No idea how that went on, as he was dragged to the US. But given how ridiculous that justice system is, and that he had been designated as a scapegoat by one of the biggest companies worldwide, I wouldn't be surprised if he had to hold very tightly onto the soap for a good while. The entire facility went firmly in the reds for that year due to nearly all contracted reworks missing deadlines, which meant daily fees of tens of thousands per contract. My ears in the company soon sought themselves new jobs, despite in one case being there for 20 years. Last I heard was that the company had to contract the producer of the measurement machine to train new employees how to operate it properly. I had asked for triple my pay. Well, those guys were more like triple the zeros at the end. Oh, and I did find a new job within one day. I was fired on Monday, had the interview on Tuesday, and then had a test work day on the Thursday. I was asked at the end of the day when I could start, which was the next Monday. I do manual measurement now, in an incoming quality control department. The boss is a blast, the team is all friendly, and my commute is 18 minutes with an electric scooter. I have worked there for 9 months now, and I'm already the de facto team leader for first sample stuff, and best of all, I am appreciated for the work I do too. I hope you liked this long story. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 